Oh, good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome to The Voice of the Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and I'm here to complain about my neighbors. Um, no, I'm kidding. I do have my neighbors in the room with me. I have Eli and Marin Ramsdale here to talk about the church. It's good to see you guys. Hey, good to see you. Glad to be here. I feel like I see you more here in this podcasting room than I do in, in the neighborhood. It's so. true. Yeah. What does that say about a relationship? That we love our church, but we don't <laughs> like our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good to have you guys. It's good to be here. Yeah. It's so exciting. Um, you guys are here because you're going to be talking about uh, the church, the impact that Sun Valley has had. Uh, as as we've been going through the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking about you know God's faithfulness to Sun Valley Church, uh, and you guys are going to be talking about how God has been faithful to you, um, you know as He's He's raised you guys and how He's brought you here and and just some of the effects that that's had on your guys' lives, uh, you know with with your two children and and uh, the blessing they are to our family and our kids and to the rest of the, the church here at Sun Valley. I know that Ollie's watching story right now in the other room, but uh, <laughs> I think it will go well. We'll we're, see. Yeah, we're hoping. <laughs> as long so, as she doesn't have a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear one of them get up and leave the room, I think you'll know why. So, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, we'll start with this. You know, although... The majority of the people here at Sun Valley know know who you are. Why don't you Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, maybe some of your background, some of your church history. Um, you know how you guys ended up at SVC. You know, give us give us a little insight into who the Ramsdales are. Okay. Um, I was born, I guess you could say, into a Christian home. My dad has been a a song leader, is what they would call them in our old movement or whatever and um since i was born he also did open some christian schools around the country so i was kind of born into it and um so from a very young age it was very important to everybody my family and and myself i guess too that i um make a profession of faith is what they would call it Mm. from a very young age so i remember being four years old and somebody had preached a sermon about hell and it scared the fire out of me. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I wanted to be saved right away so I could mm-hmm. avoid that. Um, and then over the progression of my life, I made that profession three or four times and was baptized three or four times mm-hmm. because I would not be sure or I would um, not have a feeling of being saved or, um, you know, there was always so much fear Um and it wasn't until I went to college where they did a salvation seminar is what they called it. And they really um, broke down what the gospel was. And I think it was a really good presentation that I really understood what my salvation was. And then at that point, I stopped kind of doubting whether I was saved or not. Hmm. And then um, <clears throat> God led our family into the Reformed faith after, well, a little bit before Ollie was born. Um, and Eli was learning a lot by studying God's word. And when he told me that um, he was kind of leaning this way, I was like, uh, well, I can't do that. <laughs> I could not be a Calvinist. <laughs> so whatever, you know, I was a little angry. <clears throat> and then um, 
then he's like, well, listen to this sermon and read this book and, and whatever. And I don't even know how it happened, but within probably a month, God had just completely transformed mm. my thinking into who he is. And I found so much freedom in that. And then, um, and then really from then, if, if I struggled with that doubt of assurance of salvation or whatever, it was clear to me that thinking that way was because God had rescued me. I mm. wouldn't think that way unless he had rescued me. So, so, so much good f- coming from that just in, in my salvation alone. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, I grew up same denomination as Marin, just different part of the world. In the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to say I was in Florida. Yeah. You were in Minnesota. Yep. Um, yeah, my dad was a deacon in the church. We were as faithful as, I mean, you would imagine a family being. We were always at church and um, just grew up in it, got saved. Um, several times, <laughs> like Marin, um, got baptized several times, um, trying to figure out, um, mainly because I think the gospel was preached, but there was so much other, um, gospel preached in addition to that, where hmm. our behavior mattered so much. Um, there was... Um, so many people were looking and trying to figure out who you were and there's just so much introspection into your own, your life from other people while you're in the church from Sunday school teachers and pastors and other families and there's questions that are asked and um, I'm trying to say this stuff without <laughs> bringing people into it hmm. and because yeah. I don't want to um, potentially offend and be mean. But as a result, there's just was a huge separation in life um, as just a young boy from my church. I mean, mm-hmm. I was attending church. I was um, doing everything that a churchgoer does as a young um, boy into my teens. And still had no connection or relationship with anybody or even understanding of what was going on at the church, the purpose of the church. Um, Went to Bible college because every male in that movement has to be called to preach if you're going to have any value in your life. Mm. So um, surrendered to, as they call it, I surrendered (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in Bible college <laughs> to, uh, to, or I'm sorry, I surrendered at some camp yeah. to, to preach and to give my life to that, even though I didn't really know if I had a calling or not. Um, <clears throat> went to Bible college and um, at Bible college um, started having tons of questions, um, was asking a lot of questions, was writing letters to my uh, previous pastor, um, asking questions about theological things that were that I found out later were just like philosophical ideas rather than theology. 
um, trying to figure out where I was going to land, was finding out that none of the stuff that was being explained to me made sense. And every time I asked questions, um, I was being treated more like a heretic and pushed away um, wholly because I didn't know. I didn't have any understanding hmm. of uh, things like what they would call closed communion, um, their interpretation of how baptism works. Um, uh, and even down to like the version of the Bible oh, yeah, was the very version important. of the Bible. Why are we, yeah, only King James only, mm-hmm. um, women weren't allowed to wear shorts or pants. I was questioning those things. Like, why do we have, why are these things considered theology almost, mm. um, in this movement and <clears throat> left Well, I met Marin at Pensacola college. That's the first college I went to left Pensacola because I was convinced by my previous pastor that I needed to be in a more independent fundamental Baptist college. Um, so I went to Oklahoma City, attended Heartland Baptist Bible College there, and was saturated in a cult-like mindset of this is exactly what you have to do, who you have to be. And the more questions I would ask, the more um, shunned, I would be because I just didn't understand. It didn't like you're explaining things to a a young, malleable minded man. And um, the uh, the problem in that situation was that I wasn't allowed to know. I was forced to just do the deeds and follow the the walk that they were walking hmm. and n- not really allowed to know you just follow the regiment follow the crowd where the movement goes that's where you go and um just began to get angry and yeah. frustrated and at one point was ready to leave the church altogether um but i didn't i left college instead and decided, well, maybe I'll just go into ministry full time and see if I can um, figure it out in ministry. Because clearly they don't want me to think at college where you're supposed to shape your mind to think. And maybe I can just go into college and serve, or I mean, sorry, into a church and serve and it was worse <laughs> in churches. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so terrible. And it, um, I mean, having conversations with pastors that the way, if I need more money, the way I can get more money is to get more people into the church and then I can get a percentage of their tithe yeah. to help my wage, that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, sure. Um, doing funeral <clears throat> services. And going over to families' houses after the funeral services and being forced to talk to every person um, at that family fellowship time about our local church there and forcing them to make it, you know, yes, I'll be there Sunday kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, Right, right. And looking at that and just the discouragement and the hopelessness that um, 
that was creating in me the darkness. I was getting depressed. I was confused. And, you know, so we just hopped churches for a while. I went to another church to try to figure out if it would be better. And then went back to Oklahoma City to go back to college there to see if maybe um, I could figure things out through that. Was was in college for a little bit, dropped out again. Um, then I just went to work construction full-time and started spending time with these quote-unquote quote, worldly people um, <laughs> that were... Uh, um, that I was working construction with and um, was building genuine, real friendships and relationships with these people who weren't Christian. And it was blowing my mind because the culture that I was a part of, it was impossible to build a relationship. You know, I, I got in trouble for going to a Super Bowl party after a Sunday service because you're not allowed to get too close to the people of the church because you don't want them to know who you really are because you have to present yourself as something different than what you are Yeah. because you're supposed to be leading them. And so anyway, I know this is kind of dragging out, um, but a good friend of mine um, ended up committing suicide. And the last conversation, probably a week before he um, died, he said, Eli, um, I need you to give your life to God and help people like me. Hmm. And yeah, it, uh, it blew my mind that the people that God was bringing into my life that weren't Christians were the people that were bringing me to back to God. Hmm. And so as a result of that, we decided that, hey, we'll just leave the movement. And my best friend from college was starting a church in California. And we decided, hey, we'll sell everything that we own. We sold everything except for what we needed when we got there. Um, oh, and my piano. We didn't sell my piano. Oh, and your piano. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, got to this non-denominational church in Sacramento, California, and I was still very IFB in mind, very anti-Calvinist uh, because that's what I was trained I had to be. Yeah. Um, and just started listening to... Preachers preach while I was working at Costco um, and started reading the Bible and slowly God was changing my thinking. Um, I didn't have a specific man in my life that I could ask questions to. So I would just Google, you know, what is this? You know, Hmm. how do I think about this? And um, even though we think Google is terrible, it seemed like every time I would do that, the people that God would bring into my life through that were reform thinking people mm-hmm. like uh, John MacArthur and Piper and Sproul. Mm-hmm. 
So I just gradually started looking into who these people were, downloading every app that was associated with those churches and uh, those people. Ask Pastor John was probably one of the best apps um, I experienced in my early early transformation of thinking. Um, R.C. Sproul's little uh, seminars and college classes on his apps um, were phenomenal when it came to thinking about free will and uh, tulip kind of things, mm-hmm. um, asking those questions about depravity and irresistible grace and so on. And um, slowly, um, God began to transform my mind and change my thinking. And when I realized what was happening, um, and God had converted my heart and my mind to see who God really was, it made me angry more than anything, (laughs) because I was mad that I had been in a church that um, couldn't answer questions and refused to mentor or even go to the Bible when you would ask simple questions about things like, why do we believe in close communion? Can you explain this again? And you go through this process of tradition and history and um, you take different Bible verses and you try to mash them together to make sense and things. And it, it never made sense. It never worked out hmm. logically. It never worked out with the Holy Spirit um, saying, yes, this is truth. Um, and... So after doing that, um, things changed at the church that we were at in Sacramento. Uh, My best friend ended up leaving the church, and then I took over the pastor role full-time as uh, the lead pastor. And here I am, uh, a man who is completely confused, relearning all of the Bible and how to think about God, and I'm preaching every Sunday uh, um, basically what God is teaching me Mm. in the moment Mm. as I'm learning. So I would learn something new. Okay, we're going to learn this today, guys. Let's talk about this in church. And it was phenomenal. Um, I'm thankful for the experience and how that worked out. Um, But... Yeah, there was a lot of anger. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of uh, emotion behind that. Um, well, too, we lost a lot of friends. Yep. And even some of our family still has turned their back on us. And so hmm. we had to go through all of that. My my own dad actually said when we told him we were moving to California and leaving the Baptist church that... Um, he would never speak to us again. Wow. So, and he, I mean, he's, he's since, you know, said he, he, well, I don't know that he ever apologized, but he, yeah. ha, he is talking to us. I mean, obviously sure. we live in the same house with him now. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, so it's almost kind of like an excommunication yeah. from that, which <clears throat> it's just a little closed minded when you're in it. Like you feel like that's the only thing that's real in yeah. religion or in knowing Christ. Well, you're not taught about knowing Christ in that movement at all. But Right. Yeah. So you guys, you uh, grew your beard out, Eli, and you moved up to Yakima. What what brought you guys up to, to Yakima? Can, um, can I tell that? Story? Yeah. Go. Okay. So we were living in California. Eli was pastoring the church. It 
when we when he took over the church, it was already kind of downhill sure. because the ma- main pastor had started it, and everybody was very devoted to him. And um, we tried. In fact, where we were in Natomas is called the church graveyard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep churches alive mm-hmm. there. Um, but anyway, so the church was not doing that great. I, I mean, God blessed us after 12 years of marriage and thought we never could have kids, surprised us with Ollie's pregnancy. And so I, I stopped working. Um, so Eli was working part-time at Costco. Um, and then the church was slowly closing down. We, we only got a housing allowance from them anyway, but, um, we just knew we couldn't stay in California on a part-time Costco income. So we were looking at other places to go. We looked at Wisconsin where his sister and brother-in-law lived and they're reformed. So they were very helpful in, in teaching us some things at the beginning of our faith too. Um, and then my dad called Eli and he said, come up to Yakima and come live with us for a little bit um, until you guys, you know, you know, there's a Costco here. You can transfer here and um, why don't you just come up here? And Eli told me that and I was like, nope, <laughs> I do not want to go live with my parents. Um, but then my dad said, you guys can go to whatever church you want mm. and we're not going to, you know, lord over you about that. And then, and then we're like, okay, maybe yeah. this is what we should do. Um, and for one year we lived up in Terrace Heights in a three bedroom house. Okay. So my parents had a bedroom, me, Eli and Ollie had a bedroom, my grandma who's now 95 lived there too and it was like the best year reconnecting with my parents and just rebuilding relationships that had been broken and um so much so that we ended up looking for a place where we could all stay together so um so that's kind of what brought us here and then eli was able to transfer to yakima um or to the yakima costco so yeah yeah so eli you you and i've talked about this this uh, you know, your first time here at Sun Valley Church and mm-hmm. how you were reading something. I think it was A.W. Tozer, maybe. Yeah. Um, something by A.W. Tozer. I forgot what book of the Bible John was going through, but there was this massive connection that was kind of taking place. Right. You know, as you guys were, you know, transitioning over here to Sun Valley. What I mean, what was that like for you guys? Um, <clears throat> it was mind-blowing because um, when we first came here, we ended up at Cross Church um, for several months, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really what I needed and what I felt like I needed to lead my family into as far as a church. Um, and Dan, the pastor there, said, hey, why don't you go check out Sun Valley? And I had kind of been thinking about it um, already, but I had heard that Sun Valley was a liturgical church. And we had had an experience in Sacramento that was miserable, like just <laughs> it was. terrible with that. It was dry and dead. Um, <clears throat> so when Dan said that, I was just like, yeah, let's just do it. I'm already thinking about it. And that first Sunday, um, John was preaching from, um, I think he was in the book of John, maybe. I can't really remember. But... Anyway, some of the cross references is what, and the quotes is what just stood out. He used Second um, Peter one three, which is my life verse, um, and I've got the letters tattooed on my arm. Me too. Uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, His divine power is granted to do us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the, the knowledge of Him. Yeah, through the knowledge of Him, and um, 
And then the quote um, from Tozer, I believe, was the most important, or what your view of God. Is uh, the most, most important thing about you. Yeah, your thoughts about God are, are the most important things about you. If you have high thoughts of God, something to that effect. Um, I forget the quote exactly, but during that time, um, it was a powerful quote that was constantly running through my mind. And I was like, okay, well, here we are. Mm. Which, mean, going back to our beginnings, is the one thing, even though we grew up in different parts of the country, this, this one, the IFB movement that's going on, has the same view of God, which is a God of punishment. And mm. um, don't sin because you will be punished for mm. that. And you're not, um, if you make, if you can commit any sin, you're not worthy. You know, your life is is you know worthless so our view of god was probably the biggest thing that had to be retrained in our brain moving into a different frame of mind which we're so thankful yeah that we've been reaching yeah we were worshiping a scary angry god yeah that was always out to punish us Mm -hmm. and um it was miserable Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. to live in that and to think of god that way and to rehear the gospel uh, through a filter of God is gracious and merciful, that Christ came and paid the price um, for my sin, and God's wrath was poured on Christ. Not, it's not going to be poured on me, and I don't have to live in guilt and shame uh, the rest of my life. It was powerful. It was hopeful, and it was encouraging and um, and that he's daily sanctifying us and right. using our sin to bring us to him right mm. through yeah. confession and um, forgiveness yeah yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. so how i mean how is that how is that i mean because that's that's what you guys grew up with you know for a majority of your life you you were trained that way you thought that way and then you come to sun valley and and it's almost like a complete 180 yeah. of of how you're thinking um, how, how did Sun Valley help you guys think through that? I, I know you just mentioned a little bit as individuals, how has it helped you process, you know, being a parent and how you train up Ollie and story? I mean, how, how does that grace legalism factor, you know, play into how you guys, you guys operate now on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, for me, you ask a question. To godly men at Sun Valley, they answer the question. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, if uh, you're confused and lost, um, there's men that you can trust. Um, I can go to Rick or John. Um, I can banter with the younger guys like you, Jeremy, and Tyler, and uh, Neil Jeffers, and just horse around but it's it's a horsing we're horsing around in love but yet there is gospel behind it there is theology laced in it um the conversation always ends up leading back to christ um yeah i think the the way that the church focuses on men to lead their families. I think of Timothy group at the beginning when we were here was a huge factor for me because I could sit in a room with a bunch of mature 
godly men and just watch them answer questions and hear their struggles and none of them were hiding it. it it was just out in front and these are the same struggles that i've been struggling with my whole life but everybody that i had that was leadership or could potentially be a mentor where i came from was all hiding and covering that stuff up because to display that outwardly was to be weak and to show God is weak. Mm. So you have these men that are just fake mm. and not real uh, lovers of God. They don't have the knowledge of who God is and that he is in the process of making us better. But it's through confession that that happens. We have to admit the fact that we're not perfect. We can't present ourselves as perfect and hide behind um, the symbols of the church as um, superior beings. Uh, well, and the trickle down, too, from him going to the men's groups, he brings it home. I mean, he teaches us. I, I always call him my rabbi <laughs> because he's just an amazing leader in our family. And um, then... I, I think Ollie was three when they did the women's Bible study in the summer, mm. um, a book called Don't Make Me Count to Three or something. Mm. I can't remember the exact title, but I learned how to take God's word and teach Ollie um, discipline. I learned the difference between punishment and discipline mm. um, and how to train him in that way um, as, you know, should should be done. Yeah. and. Yeah. I mean, we just are so thankful that we are in a place too where Ollie is being taught really who God is and he doesn't hide his sin. I mean, I'm sure there will be a point where he does do that maybe as a teenager, I don't know, but he he confesses it and then he doesn't have this guilt that he's walking around in for days like we had to deal with growing up. He's sure. just like, well, I'm sorry and you know, God forgives me and that's it. And he's on his way. He yeah. truly believes it, yeah. which is amazing to see yeah. that he doesn't have that weight that we had yeah. growing up. So, and Sun Valley's been, I mean, we've been here since Ollie was 18 months. So he's been, he's grown up here. This yeah. is what he knows. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. And you guys, you know, you have that unique experience where you've seen, you've seen the other side of it. Right. And so, you know, you get to, you now get to participate in training your child in, in that yeah. arena of grace. Um, that wasn't there for you guys when, when you were growing up. Right. Yeah. Well, and Ollie recently was baptized in October yeah. and which, um, you know, to my family and I think Eli's family too, is a late, um, salvation because sure. in the other movement we would be four or five. And if you didn't accept Christ by then, there's something wrong with you. Like, why haven't you been saved? You yeah. know? So to just naturally wait and let God do his own work and let Ollie, realize that it was time and, and that God was calling him mm -hmm. um, to repentance was so, I mean, we just rejoice over that yeah. constantly. And we just watching God work in his life and mature him and bring him to the point of this freedom and, and his own salvation is amazing. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. All that negative, all that drama. He knows nothing about it. He knows nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. And quite frankly, um, as miserable and terrible as it was, I wouldn't change it for anything. Mm. Um, it was hard, 
But to see the opposite side of grace for so long and then to come into grace and God's mercy and to understand his sovereignty and to know just the pain and the misery of that and then to (laughs) be able to rejoice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And be free. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So good. So thankful. Yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, as you were just talking about always baptism, I remember you coming up to me after, after he was baptized and you said, you know, I just, I just welcomed to my brother, yeah. you know, all he went from a child to my brother in Christ. Yeah. And that's such a powerful picture. Like it wasn't a force thing. It wasn't, you know, it's all of, all of grace. So yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, is there uh, any final words that you guys have? I I don't know even how this will apl- you know apply in, but just this last year of our life, we've seen Sun Valley just be so like the church body mm-hmm. um, that we just more than anything thank God that we're here because with stories, birth, um, and diagnosis of Down syndrome, we were. I mean, I was scared out of my mind and knew, knew there was going to be a lot of life changes. And um, so I was in contact with Tiffany a lot during that time. She was very helpful in praying and counseling and check, checking on me a lot. Um, and when we got the final verdict that it looked like a 99% chance that she would have Down syndrome, Tiffany was like one of the first persons I told. Um, and I told her, I'm going to have to close my business. I just don't think I can do both and so the next day at the studio um there was 25 women that showed up Mm. at the studio and they prayed with me and they rejoiced with me and nobody was sad about story they were just happy and I mean multiple women were like I can't wait to hold her I can't wait to meet her and um that's I needed that because I was like I don't you know, struggling with, I don't even know if I want this to happen, you know? So, um, it's just amazing how they've come along and then, um, always checking in and praying and, and loving story now so much. Everybody just, I mean, Yvonne Halley said we should start a sign up list on Sundays (laughs) to hold her (laughs) because everybody always wants to hold her. And we love that, that she's so loved and, and Ollie too. Everybody loves, I mean, there's nothing greater that you can do for a parent than to love their kids. Yeah. So, and Sun Valley does that. You feel the love for their kids. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I guess for me, um, it would be that um, the biggest pursuit that I had when I was growing up in church and on the flip side of the coin of the gospel was I was always trying to understand and know, and no one could answer questions, and no one could um, help me to know. And if I would ask questions, that there was shame and ridicule that came along with it. Um, And I guess what I would say is, uh, here at this church, we have the freedom to ask those questions, to seek uh, godly counsel. And I would say, know God, pursue 
the rest of your life trying to know him. And when it gets confusing and you don't know, there's people that you can ask. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to answer. They're going to help. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. God's grace is just too much. Yeah. 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 No God. Uh, Faith comes through knowledge, through understanding. It's not absent of knowledge and understanding. And in the discouragement and hopelessness, hope is born from understanding. Mm. And we cannot experience God. We cannot know him inside of salvation um, without that pursuit after him. He clearly does the sovereign work of salvation, but inside of salvation, we need to be diligent to, to pursue and to understand his character, understand um, his rule and who he is. And from that, when tragedy hits, when discouragement hits, hope is born from understanding. And the more we know him, the less scary. He is in the less scary life is this summer. All he got stung by a bee. He was rolling down a hill and, um, he was so emotionally scared, of course. Yeah. Um, but when he got home, the first thing he wanted to do was open his book and read yeah. about what happens when you get stung by a bee, because <laughs> the knowledge of what is going on in his body at that point of pain helped him to calm down and understand. And it's, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. The more we know God and really know who he is, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ramsdales, I appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you, Jeremy, yeah. and Sun yeah. Valley, of course. Uh, I'm annoyed by Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed by myself. <laughs> Joking. But, I appreciate you too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming in and sharing thanks sharing for your us. story. Yeah. Yeah, it's been encouraging to me. Yeah. It's always encouraging when I see you cry, Eli. Ah, shut up. (laughs) I just can't help it. That's been so good. Yeah. I don't know how to control it. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks again, guys. Uh, Church, we love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a good day. Mm